morning. Something about it uh, all quieting down when I start putting on the little headset thing makes me think of that old cartoon where they're all like, Theobald, 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 Theobald. <laughs> Maybe that's a little grandiose. Um, all right, so here we are, Sunday morning, ready to get our praise on. So, <laughs> Jesus, we just thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your great faithfulness to us. And God, what we want today is to just see you in your word and to see ourselves in your word and that, that we would uh, look to you and God and have you speak to us and that you would show us exactly what it is that you have to say and that we would have ears to hear and hearts to receive God that everything that you're saying to us would be plain Lord God, remove every obstacle that would cause us to, to hear something other than, than what you're actually saying to us. And just bring this word to life and feed our souls with it this morning. God, uh, God, prepare with the fire of the Holy Ghost. God, we just pray it and ask it in your name. God, I just pray that you would channel my thoughts and help me to say the things the way that you want to say them, God. As only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 27. I like how when you go to read like a, a Spurgeon sermon or, or G. Campbell Morgan or something like that, he's got like one little verse or even part of a verse and he talks about it for like ever. That just seems so tidy, but... I am just going to read one thing over here, but we're not going to stay here the whole time. I'm not quite that verbose, even after a lot of coffee. So, uh, in Proverbs 27:19, says, "As in water, face answers to face; so the heart of man to man." So, uh, you know, mirrors are a great thing. You know, looking at yourself in the you know, in a puddle. Or whatever, uh, you, it is what he's talking about here. It's like you look, you look at the water and you see your own reflection there, and uh, just depends. That can be good or bad, and uh, you know there are those times that we look in the mirror and think, "Hey, handsome," and then there are those times we look in the mirror and we think, "Oh dear God!" <laughs> like she had a face that said somebody upstairs had a sense of humor. You know, it's like, no, you know, either way. Uh, you know, but as as Ron's pointed out many a time, uh, a mirror is a really great thing before you leave the house to look in it. Uh, and if you have hair like mine, you kind of have to do like tilt your head all these different directions and make sure you don't have anything sticking up before you leave. And uh, uh, so it's a really good thing. So you look in the water and you see your own face. And he says that just like that, uh, you can look into your heart and you can see what's really there. And and that's what the Word of God does to us. Is we, we look in the in the Word of God and it's like it's like looking in a mirror with your heart. And 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 again, sometimes what you see is great and sometimes what you see is somewhat discouraging. Um, 
I have been accused of having a black shriveled heart because I don't like animals. That's open to debate. But um, there it is. Uh, go with me over to Exodus chapter 30. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. About this uh, looking in the water thing. Exodus 30. And we're going to go to verse 18. Well, 17, because you've got to start out where it changes subjects. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, And thou shalt make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water in therein. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet thereat when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation. And they shall wash with water that they die not, or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord, so shall they wash their hands and feet that they die not, and it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout the generations. So, there's a couple of different places here in Exodus that he describes the looking glass, the, the labor. Uh, earlier on he mentions this, or maybe it's later on, I forget. Um, and it says that they made the labor out of the looking glasses of, of the women, the polished brass, which is, is, of course, very instructive because we're talking about looking at ourselves here. But it's interesting because here he doesn't talk so much about the looking in the water to see your reflection as he is talking about it being a place to wash, you know, which is part of the reason that we have a mirror above the sink in the bathroom, right? So if you're there to make sure everything looks like it's supposed to. And uh, so he's talking here specifically about about Aaron and his sons going and washing their hands and their feet there. You know, the the things that they do, the way that they walk, going to be washing these things um, at this at this labor before they come near to, to minister. That's not to say that uh, in order to do any kind of ministry or anything that God has called you to do, you have to have all of your duckies in a row and be perfect. Otherwise, nobody would ever do anything. Uh, anyone who knows me well, like I said last week, probably thinks, how did you get up there? But um, but there is this sense of um, of having these things cleansed by the Word because you, you look and you see, and you, you should see. When you look to the Word, you should see things about about you in there. You should see things maybe that that match up quite nicely. You should see you know, you'll probably see some things that don't, and that's not a bad thing. That's what it's there for. Uh, you, you don't break a mirror just because you don't like what you see in it. That's that's bad luck, right? Um, but you. Uh, um, you expect your mirror to to really tell you the truth, and that's the great thing about mirrors is they don't lie unless you're in a fun house, and they're all they're all warped. Those can be kind of fun, um, you know, or just like a really old antique mirror that's maybe, uh, you know, maybe not so uh, so true anymore. Those are kind of amusing, but. Um, so, so looking at yourself in the 
in the Word of God and, and seeing something that, that maybe needs to change, like I said, that's, that's not a scary moment. It's it's really no different than it's like, oh, wow. It's like I, I need to, I don't know, tweeze my eyebrows or whatever. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, Trying to keep it relevant for everybody. <laughs> like, like this morning, I I went in the bathroom. I thought, wow, I need to shave my nasty neck beard. And so, there's there's all that stuff that we see in the mirror. But it it tells you the truth. If you looked in the mirror and it didn't tell you, if it didn't reflect back what was actually there, what good would it be? It would be utterly useless. I mean, I. If, if I could buy a mirror and I looked in it and like you know Chris Hemsworth was looking back at me, I'd be all right with that. But but it would still be just a fiction, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be actually what I saw, what everybody else saw. When I when I walked away from the mirror, I wouldn't see that anymore. So um, so there is that. So what do you do then when you find something in the mirror that doesn't match up to what it ought to? You can deal with it, right? You can fix it. And you know, sometimes you, you find something and you think, wow, I need to go to the doctor and have them look at that. You know, that's not a bad thing either. Because that's that's like going to church. It's like you, you're you looking in the mirror or, you know, and you're sitting in the waiting room before church. And then you, you go to the waiting, you go into the doctor's office and you're telling God, I have this like thing right here, you know. And he's like, oh, I know. Yep, but see, we can fix it, right? So, and that's what he's talking about about you know washing, uh, washing at this labor. It's not just to look and do nothing. There's a sense of washing that happens with it. And of course, God told us that uh, that He would uh, wash us with the washing of the water by the Word, and so we're all familiar with that. Um, and sometimes I know we have a, a tendency to think, I'd rather have not seen that. <laughs> and I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. I, I've uh, uh, done that from time to time. Uh, back when I was painting stuff, I'd be you know, kind of inspecting my work on towards the end, find some little niggling detail that's really small. And it's, it's 5 o'clock. It's hot. I want to go home now. You know? And so I think... I can see it. They probably won't. I didn't see that. Let's pretend I didn't see that. No. And then, of course, that's always the thing they find. Dang it. So, uh, anyway. Um, but that's the great thing about, about what God does, is he, is he really does fix the stuff that's there that needs taken care of. Um, so go with me over to James chapter 1. And we are just flying through this. So you guys are going to have all kinds of time to hang out. I liked uh, uh, how you know, Brother Andrew talked about how after church on Sunday, all the, you know, the, the ladies would all be in the kitchen cooking and the guys would all be sitting around with uh, these really big pungent cigars and and really rich Dutch coffee, and they would dissect the sermon bit by bit. So you guys are going to have all kinds of time to do that before the song service. <laughs> he actually read in more than one place today. What did you think about that? And, uh, 
Uh, I'm just teasing. Um, so James chapter one. You know, we've we've been talking about. You know, we were talking about James just this past week, uh, and how there's seems on the surface to be this interesting contrast between what James says and everything that Paul says, and uh, and how they they really are. Uh, really are saying the same thing. There really is these these two two sides to this coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so here in uh, verse 19 seems as good a place as any. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the ingrafted word, which is able to save your souls. I, you know, naughtiness is a great word, but it sounds kind of like kids misbehaving in Sunday school, doesn't it? Naughtiness. You know, it's, this word is actually wickedness. Would be a more fitting word here. And I like how he says that it's superfluous. Yeah. You know, which is a fun word to say, but you know, I, it's great because. You know, if something is superfluous, it is extra and unnecessary. Yeah. Like there's way too much there, far more than you need. And how much, how much would you have to have of filthiness and, and wickedness in order for it to be superfluous? Probably any it would be superfluous and unnecessary and extra and, and over and above. So he says to lay aside that stuff. And to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So the great thing about receiving what God has to say with meekness, it's like looking in the mirror and understanding that what you see there is, that's what's there. Because sometimes we we come to church with our defenses up. And and we are, you know, we, we have our, our little plastic Christian mask on. And, and we have our, our our shield up. It's like ready to uh, you know, quench all the, uh, the the fiery darts of the preacher. And <laughs> it's like you're not going to pick on me. So you know, and and the awesome thing is, is when when you feel like the preacher is throwing fiery darts at you, then it's probably because God is. Is pointing out something that that he would like to change, right, right, right. and uh, and again, that's not a bad thing. Uh, that's as easy as wow, God, I really want to have you fix that. And uh, you know, if you're telling me if it's something that you're just saying, hey, stop doing that, it really is that simple. We make things too complicated sometimes. It's like, well, I I, I want to stop doing this thing. I just you know, I'm just kind of I don't know, and and. Uh, I'm waiting for the fairy dust, I guess. No, we were uh we read this great book with the kids called The Donut Fix. If you have, you know, tweens or elementary school age kids, it's great. But um this boy has this he he's like making these donuts and he's watching his little sister, uh, who's like, I don't know, four, and she wants to be a fairy and and fly, so they set up this little zip line in the basement. So he's going to just keep her occupied for a while with a zip line. But she needs fairy dust. And so, you know, she wants to use, like, the expensive King Arthur's flower and stuff. And he's like, I don't know. This is, like, the super deluxe stuff. 
I, you might need like the basic beginner's fairy dust. And she's like, well, what is that? He's like, well, it's cornstarch. He's like, no, I want the deluxe stuff. You know? So you know, sometimes we want the, the deluxe fairy dust to, you know, to, to fix our, our little problem. You know? And uh, one of the things that I have seen is so often some of the stuff that we want God to fairy dust away is stuff that we just, you could just not do it. and Or, or just do it. Uh, depending on you know what the case may be, uh, no fairy dust required. Because it's awesome in the story. This little girl gets a hold of fairy dust while he's not paying attention, and the the entire basement is just this cloud of flour, and she's like zipping back and forth on this zip line and like coughing and gagging, and she's like, "My eyes are burning." <laughs> so fairy dust is not always as effective as we would like it to be. It's like glitter. It's, it gets everywhere, and then you can't get rid of it. You can always, can always tell when people have little girls because they, they, everywhere they go, they have glitter on them. I, I have no problem with glitter. I think it's great. You know? That's, you know, how else do women sparkle? But uh, anyway, so he says to receive the word with meekness. That's an interesting thought versus... Showing up with our with our defenses up, ready for a uh, an argument or um, or a, some sort of exercise in self defense. Uh, so receiving it with meekness, though, uh, or receiving the word uh, takes the sense of of faith that you're not just listening to somebody prattle on about stuff uh, because sometimes it may feel that way when you come to Sunday school. But uh, honestly, uh, when if you accept that what you're hearing is the Word of God, then it doesn't matter who is saying it to you. And, and God will... Uh, he, he really enjoys, I think, getting somebody that you'd maybe rather not hear it from to tell it to you. If you're not listening, then He'll send somebody else. I've had I've had some moments where... God uh, brought me a confrontation about something that I was doing, uh, and and I recognized the voice, and I thought, of all the messengers, I would have picked just about anybody else for this message, and uh, because we think, well, I know so and so, like what, where do they get off telling me such and such so and so and, and all that stuff? <laughs> like, aren't they the carpenter's son? And uh, and it's like, well, actually, I recognize the voice. And and so then it doesn't matter who the messenger might be or what, you know, who the vessel is or, or what their particular style may be. It's like it's the Word of God. And so I can then receive it and and let it do in me what it does. There's a, a, so much that the Word of God will, will do in you if you just let it. You just have to just to just receive it, and I like that he says it with meekness, because if you're meek, you're you're not out for uh, self-aggrandizement. You're not out to to make people think that you're some great thing, uh, or to to try and make yourself of some sort of reputation. 
because uh, if you can receive what God has to say with, with meekness and, and Him tell you something you'd rather not hear, but you accept it and apply it, uh, that's that's the very model of, of what God expects. And that's that's what He's telling us to do. And so sometimes we, we want to appear that we we have no issues and that, that we have everything all perfectly put together and and uh, uh, and God must be talking to everybody else, not me. And that's a uh, you miss out when you do that. You, you miss out on on what God would would say to you. So he says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Uh, maybe I should have read that before I, I said all that, because, I mean, that's that just perfectly encapsulates it. You can you can sit and listen and think, Wow, I sure wish Brother so-and-so would have been there today. He really needed that. Uh, and, or, uh, or you can hear it, and, and apply it to yourself, uh, and 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 actually do the thing that God is is saying to do, um, and and I, I have to insert here that um, that every time we come to church, there is this self-examination that that happens by the Word that should happen, um, but you cannot do that presupposing that you're going to find some grievous thing that you don't even know is there and that God is just waiting for you to figure it out. Because if you do that, then you won't hear what God is saying. Uh, and, and you won't receive it with faith because you'll be just sure that there's some hidden thing that God is, is trying to say to you. And, uh, and, and in trying to decipher this like hidden message that isn't even there, you will then... Um, uh, you'll miss out on what God's saying. Yeah. There was this this guy I heard once talking about how, uh, it, and he was he was he was a comedian and he was being really funny talking about the the way that men and women communicate differently, just kind of by default. And uh, I really really enjoyed it because this guy was talking about just being really straightforward. It's like she could have just asked me the simple question, and I could have answered with a yes or a no, and we would have been communicating with words as God intended. And and I like it because it's like there was he was talking about there not being any hidden message in what in what he was saying. He was trying to decipher the hidden message in what she was saying because there was one. <laughs> and and he was thinking it would be so much easier if you said what you meant and I said what I meant and then we just you know and that's what God does. God says what he means. And I, I like that. Um and it's funny because sometimes um, uh, if if your default communicating method is more the uh, kind of beating around the bush and and uh, uh, kind of putting those hidden messages in there, really ruffles your feathers when people just are straightforward. <laughs> and uh, I, I have, have apparently developed a reputation for being straightforward. Um, so if I have offended you, well, then join the club. But um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, for one, have little patience for the, the beating around the bush thing. It's like, just tell me what you mean. <laughs> so I, 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 I knew of someone who uh, they, they could not bear to say that they didn't like something. So, and so they would say, well, I don't prefer that. Finally, I was like, I would just say you hate it. 
I, I know you hate it. Just say you hate it. It's okay. It really is. So, we still joke around about it to this day. But, but that kind of communication, I just don't prefer it. So. <laughs> okay. But if anybody, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So he's talking about looking in the mirror again. It's like I showed up, I looked in the mirror, and uh, and he says that if you if you hear what God is saying but you don't apply it or don't think that it applies to you or or whatever, he says that it's like looking in the mirror. In verse 24, says for he beholds himself and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. That that that's like my Thor mirror, right? It's like I look in the mirror. Look, but Chris Hemsworth is looking back at me with his bulging muscles, and I'm like, yes! And then I walk away, and I totally forget that that was that guy, not me. It's like going clothes shopping, and you put the outfit on, and you're like, you have this mental idea of what it's going to look like. And then you look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, um, so it says he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. So you can you can sit and listen, and it's like it's like um, it's like needing a glass of water and just pouring it on your head instead of drinking it. It just kind of it just goes down the outside and and it's gone. You don't actually internalize it and take it in and get any kind of benefit from it. And so so he says, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. And continues there, and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. So, you know, we've been talking about the knowledge of good and evil, and 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 how it can be really destructive without something to um, uh, to guide it by. That's of course why God gave us the commandments, because Adam and Eve had this idea that that there was good and evil but they had nothing to base it on and and it's interesting because here we are all these millennium later and we 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 go by the same idea of i know there's good i know there's evil and i feel like it's this would be evil it's like well based on what oh it just feels bad I, I just I think it would be bad, or or one of you know one of the other great ones is that well this is evil why is that because I don't like it <laughs> you know it's like well if I don't like it it must be bad and uh, you know honestly it took me a long time just to come to that conclusion uh, growing up uh, I. I this is kind of a family trait of mine to just sort of make some arbitrary um, judgment on something and then stay with it come hell or high water and and to um, denounce everything that is contrary with uh, with a, a vi- uh, vinegar and venom and and biting sarcasm I, I got it from my dad and he, he's he's good at it I kind of turned it into an art form and um, as I got older, I realized, you know what? If I take something that I don't like and I 
talk about it like it's the dumbest thing ever, it's actually hurtful to people that like it. And and if it's like something that's not really a right or wrong issue, like ranch dressing, yeah. I'm, I'm still open to talk about that. I, I think it may be evil, but um, but I'm withholding judgment on that because it's, I just don't like it. But um, uh, but we can do that, and so we do that with things that are actually important. Like, well, I don't I don't like I don't like that, so that must not be right, or I do like that, and it must be right. Uh, there was this song that was popular when I was in high school. It was like, uh, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. It's like, oh, it can. <laughs> like, temporarily happy or, like, actually happy? You know, it could actually be quite destructive. So, um, you know, in the book of Judges, it tells you that um, the, that uh, every there was no king in Israel. And then everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Uh, and the interesting thing, I was thinking about this yesterday, is that that's after they had Moses. That's after they had the Ten Commandments. That's after they had Joshua. And so God had already given them some criteria by which to figure out what God's expectation was, what right and wrong is. Uh, and they, they left it to, to do what was right in their own eyes. And so that's like looking in the mirror and seeing whatever you want to see. It's like the, what is that, uh, Snow White or whatever, where the, the evil lady looks in the mirror and and uh, it's like, you know, she expects to see that she's the most beautiful thing of all. And, and it's like she, she had this mirror that she, and she was angry that it told her the truth. So... Um, so honestly, it's a really simple thing that God asks of us. It's like, you know, you, you look in the mirror, you see your face. You know, when you look in the Word of God with your heart, you see your heart. And and if you need something cleansed, it's really just as simple as cleansing it. What if it's something that you really need victory over, that you need you need some help from God, or you need the power of God to just come in and fix it? So then what? Well, do we? Uh, we just need to let him do it. We need to ask him to help us with it, but we need to let him, because a lot of times um, we feel like we're bound by things and we're actually just holding on to them. And uh, um, it's like uh, I don't know. It's like grabbing on to something really, really cold. Like, or something metal in the cold and your hand just like sticks to it. It's like, well, just let go of it. It's like, I really want to. It's got stuck now. We, we feel like that's what's happened to us a lot of times. But honestly, it's just, well, just let go of it. So, um, yep. so we have a great opportunity today to, uh, to, to look in the mirror. And as I said, we, we want to let God talk to us. And, and we, we don't want to presuppose that there's some grievous thing there. Uh, but we also don't want to uh, just ignore it and, and dismiss it if, if God is pointing out something that, that he would have changed. So that, that sense of examination by the word is, is really, honestly, should, should be no, no more difficult than getting up in the, in the morning and looking in the mirror and making sure you look presentable before you leave the house. So... Jesus, we thank you for your word.
God, and we appreciate uh, the clarity and the honesty that, that we find in Your Word. God, and what we want is to be all that You would have us to be. God, what we want is to look in the mirror and find You looking back at us. And that is our goal, and that's our expectation. That's what You have told us Your goal is for us. And God, what we want is more of You and less of us, God. And we want to be unafraid to let You examine us, God. We can't hide anything from You anyway. And God, we just we pray that all of us would see You the way John saw You on the Isle of Patmos. Lord God, uh, and yet recognize that You're still the, the same loving God and that, that You are doing everything that You're doing for our good. Now Jesus, we just pray that You would minister in this place today as only You can, that Your presence would touch every heart. God, you know every need. And we know that you know how to meet it. And God, we just pray that you would do it as only you can. God, that our hearts would be open to receive from you. Uh, God, to hear what you have to say. God, and to, to praise you with the, the, the glory and honor that you're so worthy of. God, we pray it. And ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.